Hello and welcome to Gundam. I hardly know him. As you know, this is the comedic book club style podcast where each week we discuss an entry into the Gundam franchise, whether that be a series, an anime, movie, sometimes a game. Sometimes we discuss something different altogether, but we always do that in release order. I'm Michael. Hello, listeners. I hope you're doing well. Today is episode three of season nine. And we are discussing Victory Gundam episodes 25 through 36. 36. That's where we're ending. To take on this incredible task, I am joined by two of my favorite people. Firstly, you know him. You love him. He's our certified lover boy. He's the most likely out of this crew to spend too much money on a mobile game. Now he's yellow. Now he's all blue. <laughs> now he's all squarey. We got Christian. Hey, Christian. <laughs> Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. Um, I, yeah, no, I've, in the time, last time we've met, I discovered this new therapy. It's done wonders for me. Okay. But essentially, um, an angry naked woman forcibly pushes my head underneath soapy water. In the bath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And And you're handcuffed. Yeah, and I'm handcuffed. And she's yelling angry but kind of sexy things at me at the same time. Right, right, right. And um, you're like, you're like what, like sixteen, like twelve? Yeah. I'm like six. I'm thirteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm thirteen yeah, yeah, years yeah, yeah. old, and um, that's done a lot for my confidence, you know. And right. No, no, no. <laughs> I just... I've noticed you've been growing a lot emotionally since you mentioned to Michael and I earlier that you started this new um, bath there. Yeah, you know, I kind of like catch my eye in the in the mirror, and I'm like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's that? Uh-huh. You know, like. Like no, they're glowing right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, your you... face is not pitch red like it is when you're going through the therapy, <laughs> but <laughs> that other lovely voice you're hearing, um it's it's Camille Biden, but in real life, the lasagna kid. We got Simon. I should start like Camille Biden like for a kid's birthday party. <laughs> like, <I don't> <laughs> but I'm just like going around like and you're just, weeping that like yeah, the yeah. colony's dropping or something. Yeah, you're just in the fetal position rocking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like make you guys like push like a Prius in the backyard and like shake it around a lot. And I'm just like... <laughs> that would be such a good job. <laughs> Christian, have you done anything to prompt Michael to mention how much money you're spending on mobile games? Um, I don't think so. No. Okay, good. No, I just, okay. uh, I was watching uh, some TV the other day and an ad came yeah. on for like a uh, Genshin Impact style JRPG mobile game yeah. um, that's definitely uh, free to play but has uh, transactions. Like, and I yeah, just like thought... Yeah, my girlfriend and uh, it had a bunch of big tittied anime ladies in the game. Uh, yeah, and I just While it's I, already empty at this point. Yeah, and I I was just th- sitting there thinking that like this is like designed for Christian for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I yeah. came at Christian boy. with that. Yeah, is <laughs> um, it like a dating sim? Dare... It looks no, like a like fighting game. Castles. Yeah. Oh. Well, like the thing about those ads is that you never know 
what the play of the game is going to be because they make it, it look like word search. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. it literally is Wordle. in the background yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like uh this fucking tank game they always make it look like uh it's gonna be this fat like insane yeah you're like, like first rolling in the military <laughs> <laughs> but then they show like at the very end the actual gameplay and it's just like clicking but um anyway we're here the thing is like you know that you found a really good podcast whenever like the podcast can just sit in silence for a couple minutes you know like there's and no you're more just comfortable yeah. with it it's, you yeah. know it doesn't bother you you just no, sit and there. it's like i'm not gonna edit it out like you should have like a podcast that's like only silent <laughs> and like and like you put it on when you want to just like reset a little bit yeah you know like just... when you when you're hanging out with like a really good friend that you've known for a long time you don't have to talk the whole time you can just no. be Exactly. I feel that way with both of you. And um yeah, it's just a lovely way to, to like feel in a friendship. Yeah. I feel that I like I I have noticed myself lately though, like feeling silence when I don't need to though. So y'all need to like call me out on that. Like I will. sometimes like if I start talking, just say like Simon, what are you about to say? Simon Is it worth is it worth saying? Is it is it the cost benefit analysis? Um because sometimes I think that the things I say might not benefit more than more than they cost. We'll just kind of, you know, for sake for the sake of the pod, we'll just kind of say it with a specific term. We'll go Simon, and then we'll just kind of yeah. give you a S- Simon. Wow, the, the listeners won't be able to see it, but we'll just exactly kinda... like Simon? my childhood. <laughs> I love listening to a podcast where two of them just bully the third one and yeah. don't yeah. let them speak at all. <laughs> Simon, shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're here because your mom and your dad are paying us money. <laughs> this is babysitting, but for adults, bitch. It's crazy. God. I've just been muted this whole time. <laughs> Hand me the controller when it's unplugged. Hey, Christian. What you been yeah. watching, buddy, since the last time we spoke? I know it's only been a couple days. We recorded the last episode not that long ago. Yeah, but oh. we're content hounds. Yeah. We're always I know. Stuff. I know Christian's it watched at least a couple episodes of something i have i'll tell yeah. you what F- fill us in fill us um in. i am almost finished through the punk hazard arc in one piece which has become one of my favorite of the entire series so far and then i also caught an episode of sunny boy which alex has been begging us to watch for a minute and it mm-hmm. is amazing i love it but i've only i haven't got past episode one because I've been busy watching Victory Gundam. Yeah, I, I think I've mostly watched Vic- Victory Gundam. Um, sorry, my AC just turned on. Uh, Simon, what have you been watching or listening to or playing? Dude, why is your AC on? It's like cold as shit outside right now. It's actually now. the heat, okay? Okay, I guess the air was conditioned as a result of the machine in your turning on that was my bad you see that's me that's me lashing out okay i gotta cut that shit out i've been watching this um dating show called are you the one have you heard of it no have you Mm-mm. are okay, you the one no yeah okay so it's on mtv okay it's not like a netflix original or whatever because i feel like streaming services are going through this like fucking renaissance of like dating shows right now and they're just like making so many new ones this is on mtv i think there's like been quite a few seasons so actually in no my this mind, is yeah, it's kind of its own thing. And for me, okay, you know, a game design connoisseur, I love this game. Because what it is, is it's basically um, all of these people in a house, okay? 
um, and they all have a perfect match in the house, okay? And this perfect match is determined by this, like, very vague... Uh, Do they take a survey like, or something like that? Yeah, exactly. And they okay. claim that they reach out to their families, their exes, their close friends. Wow, so like, it's thorough. Okay. Yeah, so allegedly. Okay, yeah. like we have no idea like what the <laughs> merit of this test is. But allegedly, they found the perfect match for these people. So basically, every single week, they have to pair up, and then a series of lights go on, um, dictating how ma- or which is dictated by how many perfect matches they got. So... What it kind of what the show is is people just like hooking up and they're like, oh my gosh, why would you treat me that way? You could be my perfect match, or like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with this girl, but like, what if she's not my perfect match? Type deal. Oh, but for me, so they have no idea. I think that you could like logically figure out who your perfect match is by like you know the different permutations and combinations of people that you put together like every week because um. Like, eventually, you can, like, narrow down. It's like, okay, like, four lights went off with three of these matches, and, like, two lights went on with, like, the same three of those matches, but, like, one of them was different. So, like, we know for a fact that these... It's like a it's like a logic puzzle, but yeah. it's definitely not that. That's why, like, they don't put people like us in these shows, is because, like, I talk about this with Abigail all the time. I'm just trying to, uh-huh. like, solve the problem. I want the money. I, <laughs> yeah. want the money. Like, I choose the money. I would just immediately go to everybody and just be like, you want some money? Like, we gotta figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like kind of what they try to do on it, and but they, I mean, I will give the cast, like the casting department, is tr- the true stars of this because, like, they've chosen chose like some of the fuckiest fuckboys I've ever seen <laughs> in my whole life, and like a fuckboy is like the um the absolute antagonist to like someone logically trying to solve this because like they're just like so horny trying to like oh my god it's it's really good there is one person in it that like punched a hole in the wall oh my god and i have like yeah like witnessing like he's just like louisiana like he looks racist like (laughs) (laughs) he was at the capitol and like he's just like like watching like somebody like that behave because like they also feed these people copious amounts of alcohol like they're just like and and like I, I feel like in American dating shows they do this more than any other place, or at least in other countries, um, they like hide it much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this dude just gets like plastered and then just starts fighting people, and like that's a little bit stressful to watch, but it makes me feel a lot better about being like a man behaving how I do. Yeah, um, my brother used to but... punch like the wall all the time, bro. Like there could be like a foundation beam there, yeah. like what. You don't know. Like, yeah, did you take a stud finder and check? Yeah, like, exactly. Where you're gonna? <laughs> did you, yeah, <laughs> you mark? You mark an X on the like, wall where you can punch. Bro, Jer- you can't Jeremy's punch. use of that stud finder. I think he's about to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy, no. Put it no. down. Why are you marketing <laughs> it? Beep, no. Beep. Beep. <laughs> Put that carpenter's pencil down, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so um so you said before they do this show they ask them all like they have like a questionnaire and like a test so they yeah um, my question to you all would be what question would you as like a producer of the show add into the test to help Mm. ensure that they they find the correct match right because the idea is like i mean like like the the two perfect matches would answer this question the same yeah exactly or like similar it's like what, yeah. what what what's your idea of a good relationship question? Um, mm. Let's see. 
I think if we're staying on brand with the show, yeah, yeah, um, like, oh gosh, wait, this is tough. <laughs> no, I, I no no no. I have a I have a pretty good answer in the context of this show. I think knowing what the people ask about, honestly, I would say like, where did you grow up? And I'm sure they have that on it already. But these people fucking like hyper fixate on it's like, what? You're from Ohio? I'm from Ohio. <laughs> oh my god! Like this, this, the stars are lining up. Like this can't be like. None of the other girls here are from Ohio, and it's just like so. I'd I'd ask that, or like something else that like, like because they, they they focus on like very like specific identical things between the mm-hmm. two. So it's like, what sport do you play, for example, or something like that? Um, because then like if they both play volleyball, like it it's very quick that they deduce that they're the only perfect match there because they have this like thing in common with each other. Yeah, but, I would ask something like like what do you call the first halo game like uh, like if you call it halo one like no, i'm not fuck fucking that. with you like yeah, just yeah, like yeah. i'm sorry like we get the full name motherfucker yeah, like spit it out halo like, combat evolved i mean if you don't say halo combat evolved like i'm sorry it's not gonna work out like everything like, do you else understand what combat was before this yeah it was unevolved it was like, so yeah. unevolved this is the evolution of combat <laughs> on the xbox yeah <laughs> Well, oh, Christian, you, if you don't have a good question, we can move on. No, I think that about covers it. I think you guys got Yeah, this. yeah. I think we got the, the two questions. Where are you from and what do you call the first Halo game? <laughs> yeah. um, yesterday morning was Saturday morning, and I had the pleasure of sitting down in front of the TV with a cup of coffee, and I watched like three episodes of Demon Slayer, which put the show that Christian was begging me to watch, which I've uh, finally started. And then I watched like five episodes of Victory Gundam. And I called it Saturday morning cartoons. And I have to say, it was a great way to spend a Saturday. Where you were in like a big diaper and like had a big bowl of like Fruit Loops that you it was, were like yeah. pounding. Yeah, yeah a yeah. massive bowl of Fruit Loops. And I was like, Lucky Charms, but only the marshmallows. Dude, yeah. your wife says that you hate when you get like that, but I love it when you get like that. So like, <laughs> <laughs> don't change. Like throw a tantrum. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sugar tantrum. And you're like, yeah, you like shit your pants and like someone else has to deal with it. But like, I don't know. Whenever, when you all think of like Saturday morning cartoons, what's the one show that comes to mind first? Oh, this is a good question. Because I'll, um, I'll give I, mine I, real quick, which is yeah, for me, it's Recess. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Recess uh-huh. to me was always on on Saturday mornings, and I remember that being like a big show yeah, um, to watch. Great and flick. actually, the other uh, more anime related is Digimon. Whenever Digimon was getting its US run, I believe that was also on Saturday mornings. So those were both big Saturday morning cartoons for me. Mm-hmm. The one I think of quite often, even though it was mostly CGI, was Transformers Beast Machines. Yes, that was I was obsessed Whoa. with that show. That Saturday show, morning. it was like never consistently on. It seems like it seems like it never got like a full run. So when it was on, I was like, it was like a special treat. locked in. Yeah, yeah, I was like locked yeah. into it. What a great show! And the Spider Man. Spider-Man was also a great Saturday morning cartoon. Good call. Yeah. It was like later in the in the day, it seemed. Like yeah. Oh God. Man, those my were parents the wouldn't really let days. me watch like Cartoon Network or like Nickelodeon until mm-hmm. I was like, I'd say out of that Saturday morning cartoon phase. Oh, no. really? Um, and I'm like not out or I'm not like, they just, 
found the shows like really annoying which like i a hundred percent like yeah. as a child you don't really like because it was kind of in the era of like total drama island um like kind of like second wave mm. cartoon network um like random but, humor like stuff like got really random in that time. yeah, yeah. exactly like... exactly and like kind of like gross yeah too. like like total drama island i remember it being like a really gross show like a lot of puking but like Ugh. um but i what's new scooby-doo is like all that amelia or my sister and i watched um and yeah even like the old scooby-doo where are you we like loved loved scooby-doo um so we weren't complaining that we couldn't watch anything else, but uh, definitely Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is a great Scoobies. show. Yeah, dog talk. I think uh, next next season of anime IRL, we should watch the Scooby Doo movie. Oh yes, yes, yes. that is Dude. literally anime IRL. I say like... yeah, we get Alien High and watch the <laughs> Scooby Doo movies. That movie is scary. The fucking one where they go to the like Scrappy Doo is a perverse motherfucker. Like... <laughs> I can't wait. Oh my god! Yeah, there's been like other live action Scooby Doo ones, but I think we're all talking about the same one. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's uh. Let's get into Gundam a little bit. So this yeah. week we watched episodes 25 through 36. And I have to oh, say, yeah. um, depressing episode. Like yeah. almost every episode seemed to end absolutely depressing. So No, they're cleaning house, my guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk <laughs> about these because a lot of shit went down. Um, and I like, remember when we first started watching it, I'm like, oh my gosh, they have so many characters. It's so hard to keep track of all of them. <laughs> yeah, they used to. <laughs> <laughs> We're down to like three. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, I'm excited to talk about these because I've, I've only found myself kind of getting drawn more and more into the story um, with a couple of like hiccups here or there that were um, a little bit more annoying but we'll get into it so christian why don't you take us into episode 25 episode 25 infiltrate the enemy's fleet and land um so uh, uso gets a nice little shrike demo booty smack at the beginning and i just wanted to say that you know if i could get a shrike demo booty smack in the morning i'd probably be president of the united states by now yeah you know i you feel like that's holding you back that's what's really holding me back. I, yeah. I'd be so fired up, you know. Could you imagine? Yeah, ready to tackle every morning, just policy. like you know, check the move. Anyways, yep. So uh, the survivors of the Zanskar fleet set their sights on the reinforce. Uh, Uso and company prepare for a fierce battle, uh, um, and so there's a lot of back and forth, uh, and in the fray. Peggy is immobilized by uh, what I call a, a viper attack by that uh, mobile suit that Chronicle Asher is flying around. I can't... Crab mobile suit. Yes. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. It just like detaches from their shoulders and whips around and chops stuff off. Um, so anyways, she's kind of immobilized out of the fight. And um, however... Uso is able to fend off the enemy, and <clears throat> Peggy is able to regain her composure. So in the aftermath of the battle, Peggy is pretty severely injured, 
and the only place they can get med- get her medical t- uh, attention is on uh, Zanskar capital. Um, and so Marbet Marbay or Marbet Desan uh, proposes a ploy to infiltrate Zanskar and cause more disarray and confusion for the enemy, um, and to prepare a sneak attack. Um, so they camouflage the fishbone as a Zanskar ship, and they sneak their way towards the side two colony. Uh, Marbet, Uso, and Peggy sneak into a scrap hangar to begin the infiltration. Um, as Uso uh, sneaks out to check out what's going on, he's kind of uh, swept along by this Zanskar maintenance crew, and he is able to pass himself a lot, ha- pass himself off as a uh, a refugee. Um, so for whatever reason, they decide, they're like, hey, I guess this kid should also come along to watch the Queen's speech that's going on. He's also um, pretending like he's shitting himself. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, I, I This brings up a question that I will get to after I finish the little synopsis here. So um, eventually uh, Uso is outed because uh, Chronicle spots him in the crowd because he's obviously there with his sister while she's giving the speech. Uh, Uso rushes the stage and attempts to doc- talk directly to the queen. Um, they're interrupted by Peggy bursting in uh, with her what's left of her mobile suit firing on the stage. In the confusion, uh, Uso corners her and kidnaps her using using her as a human shield. Um, so we have, this question came up, I, I want to say an episode two ago, and we were like, okay, how does the toilet system work? Yeah, we in talked this about universe. this. This also came up later in the episodes too. Yeah, it's come up a couple times because Odello brings it up like later. Where he's yeah. like, I'm shitting my brains out, and my like my suit is full of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my toilet pack is full. <laughs> it sounds absolutely nightmarish. Um, yeah, I just wore big diapers underneath her. They're like. Their suits. And just to know that, like, somewhere in that person's uh, normal suit, there is pee and shit just kind of hanging yeah. out. Maybe so. it's like, you know how, like, in Dune, they, like, the whole idea is they, like, recycle, like, all perspiration. Yeah, the like, still suits. Into, yeah, and, it, like, it just makes it into, like, drinkable water that they then put, like, right back into their body. Maybe it's so I disgusting. don't think it's like that. I think it's, you don't think it's it's re- yeah, it's re- oh, recycling the shit. Yeah. Oh god. Oh. This brings oh, up a no. question that I have, which is: I was watching. Uh, I occasionally watch this YouTuber slash streamer named Ludwig, um, and he had a bet with his stream that he could beat these three games: um, Jump King, these really hard games, platformers. Oh yeah, like all three of them within like a time period. Uh, I think it was maybe within an hour or something. And if he didn't do this, he was going to wear a diaper on New Year's Day and shit himself live on stream. And this made me think, like, do you all <laughs> think that you could, like, shit yourself if you had to? I don't know uh, if I could physically bring myself to do it. No, I definitely could, do. Oh, I could do it. Really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, think- I think, Michael, it's one of those things where it's just, it's it's like the same thing as, like, like you can't know if you're gonna do it unless you're in the moment. It's like it's like how you like when you're sitting in school and you like think about like if I had to like save this whole like you know classroom from a hostage situation, like could I do it? It's like there's yeah. no way to possibly put yourself in that mind state without mm-hmm. being in it IRL. So I think that like 
I mean, maybe if you were in front of a stream of like hundreds of thousands of people, it'd be a little bit harder. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if I could do it on the stream. You know, I don't think I would do that. But I, you know, I'd do it on the stream under certain circumstances. Yeah, I probably could do okay. that. Did he have to do it? <laughs> no, he if beat I had the games in time. Because also, how could you confirm that he did it? Like, oh. hey, Michael and Christian, I'm shitting myself right now. All right, all done shitting okay. myself. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, who knows? Just we put a bunch luckily, of chocolate in your undies. Yeah, luckily yeah. we don't need to. Luckily know. for him, he didn't have to. He didn't have to go through that. Yeah. But thanks for bringing that up. I guess that's tangential to men's health. It is somewhat. Um, but episode twenty-five. Uh, going back to this, the most frustrating thing about this show sometimes is the like recycling of these plots. Whereas, like, literally two episodes ago, they snuck into the same fucking colony to get that mm-hmm. one girl healed. And now they're doing the exact same goddamn thing with Peggy. And it's like, can you please, like, can we do a different plan or, like, a different thing? And that's, like, the only thing in my mind that's, like, kind of holding back some of these episodes is, like... Do you think it would be that frustrating if we were watching it, like, released once a week? Because I, I, I wrote that down, too, as, like, kind of, like, an overarching thing of, I feel like it's this is such a cyclical show. Yeah, yes. I don't think it would be that way if we were watching it a week apart, because we'd be like, remember three months ago when they did that? That was crazy. Yeah, probably but, not. Yeah, I, I but, think you're right. Yeah, this, like, remember when we were talking about how, okay, up till now, at least we, Alex wasn't so much a fan of the show, but, mm-hmm. um, like, at least I felt oh my gosh, this is one of my favorites so far. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, but we have so much show left to watch. Uh, who knows? And for me, I was like, okay, I'm starting to see how this <laughs> could fly off the rails. I don't yeah. think it's completely done that for me quite yet, but I think very much like the motif for this block of episode for me, if I had to capture it in just one phrase, is hot potato. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like that's like all you need to know, right? Yeah. Um, basically, Shakti hot potato. <laughs> yeah, it's like they like outline a show. Shakti po- potato. It's like potato. Yeah, they like have like only so much, like, of where they want the story to go, like from point A to point B, and they're looking for like the most tangential winding path from point A to point B. And it's like, they're like, sometimes it's like, oh, like we did a really good effective episode where a lot of stuff happened. And it's like the next episode, we need to kind of reverse this. We got to throw this in reverse and like kind of slow this shit up because we're getting too close to the end. Like we we need 51 episodes and, you know, yeah, it it is like, I feel like we could go in if we had the ability and time and cut this down so much and make it such a better, like, I think that like, even with what they've already made. You can make a like a little bit better of a show, but this was like the first example in my eyes where I was just like, "Why? Are, why are they doing this? Like, we just did this, but like, yeah, like you're saying, Christian, it, it becomes a bigger uh, motif moving forward." Yeah, I mean, it probably. I bet at the end of the day, they probably could have cut this show down to forty episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have Definitely. a lot to watch, but yeah. Anyways, we... moving on. All right, episode 26 is called Maria and Uso. Uso, Peggy, and Marbeto-san capture Queen Maria. However, they are cornered by Chronicle the Chronic Asher. 
Peggy sacrifices herself to help Uso and Marbeto-san escape, but it is in vain, and the two are captured by Chronicle. Uh, Maria pleads with Chronicle for Uso's safety, and the Zanskar military officers decide it is best if Uso, Marbeto-san, and the failed commander of the Zanskar fleet are all executed by guillotine. Um, This shows the lack of power that Queen Maria actually has. Uh, Queen Maria is, however, able to give Uso some information on the execution plan, and with the help of Odello, Warren, and the other children, whose names we still haven't learned, um, everyone is able to escape the execution attempt and even get Shakti and Susie in the process. This episode ends with Uso piloting the Victory Gundam, caught in a battle with a mobile suit piloted by his old friend, Katayina. Katayina! This is the episode of the big cannon, too, right? No, not no, yet. Not, not yet. yet. Right. No, we'll definitely... I wrote down big cannon energy. I know they said big cannon energy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so, in this episode, it's revealed that apparently the queen has the ability to heal people. Yes. What, what did you all think about oh, this? Yeah. And, like, do we think this is real, or is this some, like, trick that, or, like, deception? Dude, she literally cast a heal spell, and someone who was previously blind prior to this was like, oh my god, I oh can my god, see. I and, can like, see, yeah. Yeah, like, sat up out of his wheelchair that, like, he was bound to prior to this. I don't know, it seemed pretty real. I don't know, Susie called it out. Susie it was with Shakti, and she was like, this is some sort of trick. Um, which made me think that maybe it is genuine, but it seemed real to me, but it's, it's, it's a weird, like there is magic in the show in some ways, I guess, but this seems like a very weird, uh, way for the show to go for, for Gundam to go. I feel like for me, if, if it's real, it opens so many doors and like so many questions because like that means that, you know, new, like new type abilities have, must have evolved Mm -hmm. over the i guess uc timeline and changed and she is like the newest iteration of new type abilities to where she's able to like physically heal people which is crazy i mean um i don't know i feel like it should be treated as a bigger event than it's actually treated in the show yeah Uh, but it could be you know yeah marie is kind of put off to the side after this so maybe like it comes back and is a bigger thing but it's wild. It's wild. Because I think this is the last time that we see her in the flesh. I mean, she also literally has a whole ass cult behind Maria, not Zanskar. Like, yeah. everyone loves Maria. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. like, it's like, that's the reason why they're in this, like, you know, um, like, fascist state. It's, like, not because they, like, want, like, all of the citizens don't mm-hmm. seem to want conquest the way that the military does. They want, like... They just are in love with Maria. But it's interesting so. to see how she's not actually running the show. It's yeah. this yeah. cabal of like military leaders that are, you know, kind Puppet. of yeah, mm-hmm. using Puppet. her as a tool. Puppet. 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 Um, one other question. So this was kind of a big reveal at the time, um, but became very, very repetitive, uh, which is Katina fighting Uso. But at the end of oh this episode, God. that was the first time that it felt like really, truly confirmed that Katina at this point is like against him. Like she's a yeah, bad guy. She fully, is fighting yeah. for Zanskar. She's fully pilled by um, Chronicle and she's just going to be trying to kill him. And so that, I mean, to me, that was like somewhat shocking. You know, I know she that said was... she was a spy, but like, I don't know. We kind of saw it coming, but also kind of didn't. Not to the 
amount that she like seemed to absolutely despise yeah. so yeah. like yeah. She, i think like in the future episode she calls him like unlovable yes and like just like she says just like the nastiest shit about him like if i ever see you on the battlefield like you're gonna be dead and like it it goes from like this because they've like crossed paths prior to this just like by i mean like in the airport and stuff and it didn't seem like Katayina was like wanted blood on her hands but now she has this like death wish for uso specifically and also obviously all of like the league military and shit but yeah she just got like really angry she's like the fir- the very first episode she has a really dark line Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, when they're in Wuwig and there's a bunch of dead bodies after the bombing and stuff like that, she says, "Oh yeah, they had it coming" or something like that. Like she's just always mm-hmm. had this kind of dark streak in her. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, but it was kind of surprising to see her in a mobile suit. I was like, okay, she's actually a pilot now, I guess. Um, which was a bit of a was kind of crazy, but I mean, I'm not against it, you know um but i think that this is gonna be i think i it seemed like a play two situation to me Mm -hmm. um where she's Uh being like brainwashed um to like absolutely despise this organization that she seemingly knows nothing about um but i mean that theory kind of falls apart after you see that she's like seeming to make decisions out of her own fruition well i i think too like the the way that they talk about how they're going to uh, take control of Earth is that they have to cleanse it first. Yeah. Which, by that, they mean kill Federation sympathizers or just kill a bunch of people that mm-hmm. disagree with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, uh, how do you say? Uh, Fascist. Yeah, very fascist and kind of echoes what's going right on right now with Putin and Ukraine, right? He, mm-hmm. he wants to, you know, do denazification, but essentially means kill everybody who will oppose him. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I think Katayina represents a kind of, you know, portion of the populace that gets brainwashed into, you know, that's those kind of fascist ideologies. But yeah, no, I mean, it is kind of interesting that, like, political drama between the queen and then the rest of everybody and how not everyone shares the power the same way and yeah anyways cut you off michael sorry no you're good i was just gonna say that uh to just finish this conversation i truly hope that it's not a brainwashing situation because i'm starting to really like i really like her as a hateable disgusting villain yeah, because the show doesn't quite have one. I mean, like Chronicle is, but Chronicle's kind of likable. He's like kind of honorable in some ways, so you don't truly like hate him. Um, and so, like, I kind of like like her being so just mean to Uso. Yeah, just like fuck you. Like, please kill her. Like, just get her out of here. She <laughs> anyway, always let... acts on her worst impulses. Yeah, she's very. You love to hate her. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, let's let's keep it moving. Let's go on to episode twenty-seven. So 27, the light of outer space, a fierce battle, uh, a fierce battle ensues between Katayina and Uso, killing many civilians in the crossfire. Uh, Uso is able to take her off the battlefield momentarily by launching his boots into her mobile suit. While the rest of the League military forces arrive, blowing a hole in the colony, 
creating an opening for Uso, Marbetta-san, and the others to escape. Katarina pursues them doggedly, almost killing Uso, if not for Junko, saving him at the last moment, but getting injured in the process. The League military is preparing the weaponization of the Kailas Guile cannon, which is what we were talking about earlier, Simon. That uh, cock and balls looking thing. Um, <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> we were all us, thinking it, us, right? He beat us to he it. It was low hanging fruit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I took like 50 uh, screenshots of it. <laughs> bro, check this out. What's this look like to you? Bro, bro, say it. What's this yeah. look like I, to you? I sent it to everybody on my fucking contacts list. Bro, how about when it fires? What does it look like to you? <laughs> Right, Kishu, I'm sorry, I keep going. <laughs> uh, uh, so they're taking advantage of the fact that the Materma Suga fleet is stationed just outside the nearby spaceport, um, uh, giving them a chance to end the war right then and there. Shakti, uh, being a new type, feels the weight of a horrible premonition and begs Uso to leave. Uso is forced back onto the battlefield and just a core fighter to help the League military forces buy time for the cannon. An intense skirmish leads Junko and Chronicle um, uh, to battle it out in a shootout. Chronicle, sensing an opportunity, set up a bomb to sabotage the uh, cannon. Um, he is able to do that before making a quick escape. Uso senses Junko's impending death just before she's blown away attempting to defuse the bomb. And Uso's forced to fire the cannon manually now that the remote control system is down. Despite Chronicle and Katina's last-minute attempts, Uso is able to destroy a significant proportion of the Zanskar fleet. And Shakti's made ill by the destruction and death. And that is episode 27, Light of Outer Space. This is a good episode. I agree. I, yeah, I was just thinking about this. I kind of feel bad about all the shit talking we used to do about the show because I think that there, this episode is up there for me as far as Gundam episodes. Junko's death is so brutal. Um, the way that yeah. Shakti is reacting to Uso being on the battlefield and how she's feeling things and then Uso having to pull the trigger that kills all of those people is. Hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, all very effective. And, like, honestly, Uso as a character is a very effective character, um, along with Shakti, in my mind. It, you know, they definitely have their weird points in, in the show and weird storylines, but um, this episode, I, I I feel like I was about to go to bed after I watched this one, and then I think I stayed up and watched, like, another two, because I was like, right. got me sucked yes. in. This one, this one got me sucked in. That every once in a while, the show will have you on the edge of your seat. You'll be mm-hmm. kind of, I will get, you know, have this real anxious feeling because, again, with Tomino, you never know who's going to like bite the dust. Um, and this is one of those super gripping episodes. And this, I noticed, I did make a note that they used the music to amazing effect. Yeah. Um, the music at the end when Junko dies and Uso fires the lasers, like. It's so good. Whoever I need to look up the name of the <clears throat> composer, but that person deserves eternal praise because the music the music in the show is incredible. Yeah, this is really really good episode. Uh, Simon, does anything jump out to you in episode for episode twenty seven? Uh, not that you haven't already said. Junko's death was cool. I just like I 
I, I like it captured the moment that I think all the time when people die of explosions in movies, um, mm-hmm. just like the second you realize that like the thing is exploding in front of you, like you have to have like their whole life flashes in front of you. And they captured that really well with like Junko where they just like full stopped and there was like right. no silence. And like, she was just like, in, like not even where she was. She was just like, in this ethereal plane just like watching it all happen and then it all unfolded right and so yeah cool. like he saw he was helpless like he knew what was yeah. coming but there was nothing he could do which mm-hmm. i think made it even more tragic but, yeah other than that people summed it up well i also i thought it was i don't know for for junko who is one of my favorite characters in the show i like i really love junko and loved like the screen time that she got I like. I'm glad that they killed her outside of the mobile suit. Cause sometimes when like a mobile suit explodes or something, it, I, I don't know. It kind of takes away the personal aspect that the character has. Yeah. And so to yeah. have her nakedly, you know, in the sense of not like being naked in this in space, you know, in front of that bomb having it explode, it it was just like a, a noble and brutal death for a character, which I think that we can all agree was a great character. Mm-hmm. oh yeah one of the best characters of the series and it's it's hard too. like a lot of the really tragic deaths in this show happen and they don't necessarily they didn't need to happen mm-hmm. you know a lot of times yeah. but i think like in this case i don't know in some cases like oh, did that you know was that necessary but in this case you know i can see junko making a legitimate effort to you know end the war and she was yeah. willing to put her life on the line like she had been the whole time so totally yeah also like junko's days were numbered like we all knew they were it. like yeah <laughs> junko is just uh. bound to to suffer this fate and that's it sucked i feel but, like every member of the shaiku team was like just has yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah their days are numbered one of my favorite members is still alive the girl with the bangs connie <laughs> yeah she rules yeah, i love connie uh let's let's go ahead and jump into episode 28 which is called the great escapade um the crew from reinforced jr surrenders to uh macedonia uh or macedonia a colony in uh inside two which has some zanskar influence but isn't fully loyal to the zanskar empire in homage of the great escape the cruel the crew pulls off their own great escapade to fool the guards and escape their prison camp Marbet and Oliver get married as a half-ruse to convince the guards to let their guard down. They are able to complete this escape at the same time that Katiina and two other Bespa pilots infiltrate the colony and locate Shakti while piloting these crazy wheel-type mobile suits, which we will see quite a bit of moving forward. Mm-hmm. Uso and the others get back to their mobile suits in to- just in time, um, but Katina is able to capture Uso at the end of the episode. I loved this episode. I love the homage to The Great Escape, which is a movie that I really like um, with The Great Escapade. But the only thing that I was kind of disappointed in was that we didn't get more prison camp time. I Were know. You all kind of like, I was kind of like wanting a couple episodes of just like slice of life, prison camp like hanging out a farm yeah yes <sighs> the note yeah. i made was like ironically the first taste of normalcy they get is in a prison camp <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah i did want a lot more of that yeah it's like the one um 
the one disappointment of this episode was that like it came crashing down so quickly. But when it started, I, I was so happy. And then um, to see Oliver and Marbe get married and just like have that little bit of joy uh, for all these characters, which have had so much horrible stuff happen to them, was was really nice, nice for just that brief, uh, brief moment. Yeah. And it also like it gives you it reminds you that the pacing of the show, it's like, oh, yeah, this is what's a little bit off putting. Right. Mm-hmm. We've been in and out of battle constantly for the past 20 plus episodes right and when we finally get this breath of fresh air it's like ah so like you know really wish the show was paced a little differently yeah and i think that's like maybe that's what we're finding out is like i think that one of the things that we all loved about double zeta was the pacing and it didn't seem to have as much of the recycled plot lines as this does Yeah, and it seemed to have a little bit more of the slice of life, comedic, and fun episodes kind of thrown in, which were more like a reprieve. And I think that like that's what helped it be so strong as a binging show because we were watching it so like such a truncated amount of time. Whereas Victory just doesn't ever really give you that much time to breathe before it sucks you into another like one of the same plot which is somebody yeah. got stolen somebody like mm-hmm. either uso his mom or like uh shakti are stolen and it's like we got to get them back right um, and that's a disappointment there's so much interesting things going on especially you know with the queen and stuff like that mm-hmm. like not only are we recycling uh gundam tropes but we're also like you were saying michael recycling arcs within even the show itself which yeah. is, yeah, uh, there's a lot more that could have been done. Uh, but something nice that happens on this episode is it kind of begins, I'd say, like, more of a focus on the, like, technology, which we said last episode that yeah. um, there wasn't enough of, like, mm-hmm. we got fucking Beyblade mobile suits now, and, like, they just kind of keep introducing, <laughs> yeah. like, new fucked up shit. Um, Let's talk forward. about this. Let's talk about the Beyblade mobile suits because Beyblade mobile suits. Let's, let's, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, they're like so versatile because like throughout these episodes, we see like they're a transport vehicle. They can also be a lasso to like hula hoop Gundams. They also can be like swung around like a flail. They like I don't know. They seem pretty cool. They can like split apart. Yeah, too, that's and, my like, favorite fire- part. <laughs> yeah, when they split apart and the like person just standing there with a gun pointed forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're cool. I like, it's so funny that like through all of this, like they're like, oh fuck, like our one enemy, the wheel and like the wheel just becomes this like force of destruction throughout like the remainder of these episodes of like, yeah, anything that is like rolling is like bad guy Respect and anything that's the like wheel, dude. flying is good guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's so weird because it's like they we've gone so far in the future that like they're like let's put things on wheels again full circle back like what if it needs ground to move yeah whereas like in all the previous shows they're just flying around and hovering like they have so many hovercrafts when it was first yeah i i hate the fucking wheels i'm not gonna lie to you they like are well how do they propel themselves in space 
Like they don't have rocket. Like they're just Michael, rolling. There's like in Michael, zero there's gravity. explosions happening in space, and like they're talking in space. Like we can't. Like we have to choose where our suspension of disbelief stops if we're to criticize the wheels this way. But yeah, like is it I a was different? Not, like yeah, it's like General Grievous wheel. What it is? I, I was thinking about General Grievous the whole time they're introduced. <laughs> yeah, Katina is Grievous confirmed. Do you think they ever <laughs> yeah. send them off of like jumps and stuff? They have like, to. There's no like, shot like that some they sort don't. of like subset of the Zanskar Empire that's like a do tour type deal where they like because <laughs> like they're monster trucks. Okay, yeah. we're beating around the bush. Okay, they're just monster trucks, yeah. but yeah. like one big with gun big old gun on top i really was not a fan at first but then after i did all the shit that simon was describing i'm like okay i can at least respect it mm-hmm. respect the wheel respect the wheel you gotta I don't respect know. the I, wheel i don't like op shit like they throw this stuff in sometimes where it's just like oh fuck now we can't destroy them because of this new technology that got introduced at like this very convenient time but yeah, I guess they would have. They had to respond to the laser shield shit. Well, it's just crazy that like the bad guys of these shows are constantly getting new stuff, and it just seems like the Federation is just like, oh, we still got the Gundam. Like it'll, it'll just like it'll just find a way to beat the thing. Oh, we added <laughs> yeah. we added a two to the end of the yeah. Gundam now. It's Gundam two now. Don't worry, we got an upgrade. Like, also, uh, where did the laundry pole go in this block of episodes? It's like. Came it's on gone. the scene, oh, was yeah. fucking Christian, shit we up, used it and then one time, just, and it yeah. proved to be too effective. Yeah. So we Tom, put it, it got, away. It got nerfed. Tomino nerfed yeah. it. <laughs> Tomino's the dev of this universe. Oh my god. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about episode twenty nine, and then we'll we'll take a little little break. Yo, twenty nine, twenty nine. Let's go. The new mobile suit V two. Uh. Child soldiers, you love to see it. Um, I just had that note in there. Um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> All right, controversial take. <laughs> controversial take. But uh, they looked like they were just all working this together so cheerily with weapons of mass destruction. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's a theme. The reinforced crew battles to take their ship back, uh, engaged in heated gun battles. Uh, Uso is taken in by a lieutenant, uh, is taken hostage by Lieutenant Lupe Sino of the Modelo squad. Macedonia Colony is uh, being interrogated by Lieutenant Sino, Chronicle, and the others um, for having let the League military escape with the reinforced junior. Shakti cooks up, cooks up a plan with Odella, Warren, and the others to rescue Uso. Uh, not sure what is happening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This is where we run into the bathtub scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll keep moving on with the synopsis. We can always break this down later. Uh, <laughs> we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Uh, but yes, things are flying off the rails at this point. Buck naked, Uso escapes with Flanders and Haru uh, in a fucked up core fighter. And uh, Lupe Suno uh, won't let them get away that easily. Um, as he's limping back to the reinforced junior, the white arc shows up delivering the V2. And I am a really big fan of this new Federation arc uh, ship that shows up. Um, and so the V2 busts, busts in on the scene and Uso crushes the Motorad squad 
And at the end of the episode, we learn that Uso's mother is actually Mueller Miguel. None other, none other than the designer of the Victory Mark II. Realizing oh. that the secret has been kept from him this whole time, uh, Uso uh, is obviously very upset. Shakti reminds him that the secrecy of his parents' identities are important for their safety and to be patient in his quest to find them. So, uh, we get full-on titties in this episode. We do, indeed. And this... In a really weird, fucked-up situation, I will say. And that kind of yeah. cancels so when... that out. So, for the listeners, at, at one point, I was mentioning that I was watching the show, and Christian, in the group chat, in our group chat, yeah. said, like, have you gotten to the bath scene yet? And I had not gotten there, so I was aware yeah. that a bath scene was coming up. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, oh, it's going to be like a cutesy scene. It'll be hilarious. Yeah. Um, we've seen sure. some bath scenes in, in the show previously, and it's always, it's always like the uh, delivery system of hilarity. Yeah. Uh I found this I found this profoundly upsetting. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I wrote down that it reminds me of a nightmare I would have as a child. Like like a a I I think like a maybe like if I was like 13 years old this would be a nightmare I would have cuz like mm-hmm. I'm like 13 years old and I'm like oh and I'm like I'm like titties are like good now. Like I I like that I think. And then it just turns into a situation in which I'm being chased completely naked throughout <laughs> in un- like a strange land by men with guns and like that like and then i wake up and i'm like wow i'm glad that wasn't reality but for uso he cannot say the same thing no but he cannot. do you all think that this was supposed to be funny like um, in the time period in 1993 1992 do you think this was like the animators so. being like this is funny like let's do no. this like sexy like torture scene like with this big titty lady and she's gonna like i genuinely think they were like what is a way to manipulate a 13 year old into like giving information and like it's like when they fucking um <laughs> this kind of fucked up but remind you remember like game of thrones when um i don't remember his name before he was called reek but reek was like in the place, and they like got them all horny first, and then they like, oh, yeah, jumped on it. like, yeah, yeah. Spoiler, spoiler alert, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. But I don't know, it's like this weird, like, taking advantage of someone at their most vulnerable state type deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, that, but that's also like weird to put Uso in that because he's a minor, yeah. But... It definitely was supposed to be funny, but um yeah i thought it was supposed to be funny too but i didn't find it funny at all <laughs> no it was it was disturbing and yeah it was hard i like to the watch part when the when the when the guards grabbed him and he was I, no i really liked when he was climbing up the tapestry handcuffed yeah. <laughs> and then the guards grabbed him at the top and then all of his clothes fell off and he's like uh-oh but he got away but yeah that was yeah. funny <laughs> when he was naked <laughs> yeah no, no no being naked and being chased is yeah, hilarious funny. it's funny yeah, yeah. it's that's comedy that's classic comedy being like having to climb up something and you're trying to cover yourself up but yeah um, yeah that that's hilarious but uh what happened before that with not... like an adult like forcing you know, themselves sexually on a assaulting child. Uso. Yeah, yeah yeah that's not okay. so funny we definitely not... have to take a break before mother's gundam because there's a lot going on there. Mother Gundam. Mother Gundam. Mother Gundam. Uh, Mother's Gundam. Um, I did have a note on episode 29, which is 
I just wrote Shakti is too good for this world because Shakti is just such a sweet soul and such a great yes. character. Oh and then God. I feel like over the next five episodes, I just got more and more annoyed with Shakti to the point where now I'm like, I don't even know if I believe that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but we can we can talk about that a little bit more uh, after the break. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back to uh, firstly, as you know, it is now a mainstay of this season of Gundam. I hardly know. And we're talking men's health, men's health. And then we're going to talk about mother Urgh. Gundam. Mother Gundam, I'd like to fuck. No, dude. <laughs> Gundam, I hardly fuck him. <laughs> All right. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Bye. Dude, I Ciao. have to piss so badly. I feel I like... I can tell. I can fucking oh tell. Oh, my God. I, I'm, I understand. I understand Odello finally. Welcome back to the episode. And as it has become custom, customarily, customarily, what's what's that word I'm trying to say? Customarily. Customary. 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 Yeah. 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 Wow. yeah, yeah. Customary. During this season, we're going to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about men's health. We're going to dive into the topics that everyone is fucking afraid of. We're coming for you. Uh, all things considered. CDC. <laughs> we're, we're, the new, we're the new source of health news, bitch. All right. What are we talking about today? Um, we're talking about um, dandruff and hair care today. Yes. So, um, who of my fe- uh, how many of my fellows out here uh, suffer from dandruff before? I I suffer from very very bad dandruff. Yes, and Christian, you too. I get it pretty bad. Yeah, I got it really really bad. Um, and to be completely frank, I've just kind of been dealing with it for the majority of my life. Um, yeah. And not buying anti dandruff shampoo because I feel embarrassed about it. You know, I go to Fred really? Meyer's and I like. Well, it's just like there's so many other shampoos that are like focusing on other things like, you know, like your your correct oil in your hair and like all the really good smells. And then the anti-dandruff ones are like, hey, we know your head is fucked up. It's not it's not like the other head. Your head is is medically wrong. Come come put let let me put our cream on it. And I say no, thank you. But a little while ago. Um, somebody kind of looked at my hair and mentioned my dandruff and I, and I got a little bit self-conscious if I'm being completely frank, like not upset or anything. Cause it was like an accurate statement. Who, but, who did this? We well, will. I, I, I we am will. not, 
we will find yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I've taken the matter under my own hands, and this person okay. will not be speaking anytime soon. Um, <laughs> this person doesn't have any hair to complain about anymore. Is all interesting. Yeah, interesting. It. Yeah, it was Jeff Bezos. Um, but... It's an Amazon email. It's an Amazon email. It says, "Listen, hey. fucko, we know everything about Listen, you." Okay. Fucko. I need this. But then after that whole thing, I went to Fred Myers and got um shampoo with a matching like an anti-dangerous shampoo with a matching anti-dangerous conditioner mm-hmm. and the problem simply went away because um that's how medicine works yeah um and i just kind of wanted to maybe share my story so um anyone out there with dandruff uh maybe can feel a little bit less alone um but have any of you had similar journeys with dandruff yeah i can i can give my my history yeah. Um I got dandruff really bad in high school for the first time. Um I think like after puberty. Yeah. Um just ended up dealing with it by getting like head and shoulders and stuff like that, you know, anti-dandruff yeah. shampoo classic. Mm-hmm. Never never liked anti-dandruff shampoo because I firstly I don't like how it smells. No, head and, and shoulders s- smells like shit. Okay? Yeah. Yes. And secondly, I don't like how it makes my hair feel. It flattens it out and my hair is naturally pretty wavy. Mm-hmm. And I, I require the waves for, to the way I style it. Yeah. So, like, if it flattens out, it just looks shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've gone through times where I think what I've figured out is that dandruff is caused by certain factors such as my diet and alcohol consumption. And I feel like the shittier I eat and the more alcohol I consume, the worse it gets. Um mm-hmm. And then the healthier I am and the more that I'm active and stuff, I find that it uh, seems to die down quite a bit and doesn't really happen. Um, but over the past couple of years, uh, I have gone completely shampoo free. Uh, I do not use shampoo and I do not use conditioner. I simply wash my hair with water. Okay. And, so that is, so oh, that wow. is disgusting. And my hair, so... naturally, <laughs> the pH balance has gone even and i no longer get dandruff unless so my is diet gross. is really shitty again yeah yeah <laughs> so that's like so really you you really opened up uh i think have i not talked about the fact that i don't shampoo no you have and yeah. i like I, I i feel like it's been one-on-one before and i haven't had the balls to confront you about this before but like what happens when you sweat like i wash my I, hair with water i don't think the water gets all of it bro like yeah, it does. the whole point of soap is to loosen up grease and shit okay like, no, if you're just washing it with you, water, the reason why your hair gets greasy is because you wash it. If you don't no. wash it, it doesn't get greasy. I'm telling you. Okay. It's, it's I, the natural oils. You got to let it The natural oils. Up. Technically, you're everyone supposed not to washing their hair, day. right? Is, is like, shampoo just a scam? Day. Yeah. What did the cavemen do? They didn't shampoo. My, Dude, like... okay. Cavemen died by the age <laughs> of fucking 12 because they got eaten by saber-toothed tigers and got infections. Okay? Don't bring that argument up here. <laughs> Also, have you seen the caveman dioramas at the Natural History Museum? Their hair looks like shit. <laughs> I aspire to have that hair. Oh my um, god. I, yeah, I haven't shampooed in years, and you wouldn't fucking know unless I didn't yeah. tell you because I smell good. I put tonic on my hair and I yeah. rub it into my scalp. Put tonic on it, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Christian, how's your hair health going? My Any hair other health. problems other than dandruff? Um, so I had dandruff pretty bad recently um yeah. and but i get this it's 
this really bougie shampoo. It's called Daviness, and you use it like maybe like once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And ever since I started using that, it really has gone away. But I would get this thing where I'd get these welts on my scalp, and they would just like oh. really produce a lot of dead skin. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm like I'm one of those weird people that kind of like loves it and like likes to look at what like falls off my body and yeah, like a mm-hmm. monkey. Yeah, those, like a monkey exactly. Freaks. Like yeah. I'm just fascinated with it. Um, uh, but anyways, horrible and painful. And but ever since I started doing that. It works, and then I like Michael. I usually don't. I try to. I don't put my head in the water, you know, because um, I just because what I've noticed as well is like if I let my natural oils on my scalp do their thing, I have a lot less issues with the dandruff. See, that's what I used to do, and that's what caused my dandruff. I feel like like not showering. I guess. Do you I consume? Guess, do you consume a lot of water, Simon? I guess everyone's body is different. <laughs> i consume a pretty good amount of water i'm like pretty stoked on my hydration i got a nalgene yeah um any of our listeners out there who don't have a nalgene drive to your nearest rei and pick use, yourself up one use code simon to get use code simon zero 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 percent off yeah um they i'm actually not allowed in any reis because i frequently just use their jammy buttered in store because i <laughs> you only need a very small amount and i don't need a whole thing of it but um yeah i don't know i just feel like embarrassed that like the second i start using the anti-dandruff shampoo like it went mm-hmm. away like i couldn't solve this before i was like oh yeah. an unsolvable problem one of but, uh, one of the things i also noticed with my journey with dandruff is that yeah. when i was using anti-dandruff shampoo for a long time Eventually, it stopped working. Yeah. Yeah. So then I would like switch types because there's like certain types that use different minerals yeah. to like to fix it. Um, and then that would work for a while and then that would stop working. Um, mm-hmm. so the only thing like long term solution I have is what I'm doing, what I've been doing Not recently. Do yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, for the listeners out there, head and shoulders is pretty toxic. So I would yeah. avoid that shampoo possible sorry it like used to like it used to like feel like minty on my scalp yeah and i think they marketed it like they're like oh you can feel it working but i'm like i don't know what that is and then i started putting it on other parts of my body and like it also felt that minty sensation and i was upset (laughs) that a cream could do this to me um a shampoo nonetheless yeah that shit um yeah, I, I have Dove. I I am on the Dove train. I love Dove. Um, but well, thank you all for talking about that. I made me feel a little less alone. Simon, that was a great topic because yeah, yeah I of did, course. I had a rich history with dandruff, and it can be very frustrating because it's very distracting as well. Because I'm somebody who will obsess over like being itchy. Or oh my god, and having an like, ailment of some sort. I wear a lot of uh, black t-shirts because I'm yeah. um, uh, emo, um, and uh, when it accumulates on your shoulder, it does not make you look emo. It can really um, do a number on your self-esteem and your yeah. well-being, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Men's Health with Michael, Christian, and Simon. Take your game up. Solving your problems. Solving your men. The men are gonna be alright.
All right, for our female listeners, you can now start listening to the podcast again. You're welcome to join us for the next Most 30 minutes. Most of our minutes. topics are pretty, like, <laughs> we just talk about our bodies, and everyone yeah. that has a body can relate to that. Exactly. Yeah, men- men's health is uh, probably not the exact term we should use, but... Yeah, that was pretty ostracizing <laughs> right off the bat. Maybe we'll slowly blend in a little... A little... Well, yeah, one more. we have one more episode of a men's health topic, and then we'll we'll move on to yeah. tackle something else each week. Like, dog's health <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's push on let's jump into episode 30 which is called mother gundam and of course the first note i have is mother gundam i like to fuck i think that's hilarious yeah um but let, yeah. let's let's just jump move right past that because we're not letting that slow us down and we'll, we'll go into the synopsis um the reinforced junior is able to make it to the moon with bespa right behind him they find a place to hide and send Uso and the kids to the city of St. Joseph to help gather resources for the repair of the Reinforced Junior. As soon as they make it into the city, Uso sees a woman being chased by Bespa agents. They are able to rescue the woman, and it turns out to be none other than Uso's mom. He finally <gasps> found her. Uh, the rest of this episode is spent with Uso catching up with his mom on what's happened. Um, we get some classic... Uh, throwback footage recaps. from the beginning recaps um, and then in an, in an emotional ending Uso's mother weeps over her sleeping child apologizing for what he's gone through did anyone else get a little bit emotional watching this one I, this was pretty emotional for me I, I was kind of affected by this but what about you all yeah I think that the scene in which um, Uso closed the door um, and finally had some alone time with his mom, and his mom just being like, Uso! And, like, Uso just, like, yeah. ran and gave her a big hug. That was The voice very... acting. The voice acting yeah. is so good. She reaches out to him and says Uso, and he runs over, tears in his eyes. Because I was kind of wondering, I'm like, what would I do in that situation? Like, you're, like, mm-hmm. left alone with this woman that you haven't seen in, like, forever. Like, and you know it's your mom, but, like, you don't, there's not, like, small talk that you go into. But I guess you just kind of, like, embrace like that. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that a memory that uh, he has. Wasn't that interesting for you all? Where she was with him in the woods and she was teaching him how to throw a knife at a target. Oh yeah, that was weird. And it, it like it was a little bit weird, subtextual. There was a lot going on in between the lines there. Like I feel like Hannah. with the relationship in general, there's a lot in between the lines. It's like Hannah, yes, like mm-hmm. um. He was, uh, unbeknownst to him, a actual just like weapon in development. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They called like Ultra something or Ultra. MK Ultra. I don't know. That's yeah, like MK Ultra. LSC, exactly. Michael of Ultra. Michael of Ultra. Ultra. MK Ultra. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Very interesting shit happening with that. I'm glad you called that out, Christian, because it did kind of call into question their relationship and like what her fucking plan was like. Yeah. And we, we didn't really get much information on that. No, we don't. Like how the fuck did he end up in on earth with Shakti? Who's the, the daughter of the queen of Zanskar who can heal people with magic. And his mom is like, 
some paramilitary mobile yeah mobile suit designer who like trains him how to throw knives like what the fuck is going on she's they a mobile like a... suit designer but she's also fucking like a badass yeah impossible spy mm-hmm. i don't know it's it's all very interesting but very weird and we don't know what's happening still and i don't know if we'll find out because spoiler alert she ain't with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michael, it's because she, of course she's not. She's in yeah. a cartoon. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shit, are we moving on to 31? Does anyone have any more notes? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode Motorrad. 31, Motorrad, take off. Uh, <laughs> League Militaire successfully makes it to the resupply point, the lunar colony of St. Joseph. Uh, the rest of the League military team suddenly receive the news that Bespa's forces are lurking, also lurking on the moon, making preparations uh, for their trip to Earth. Chakti makes the bold decision to try and convince Chronicle and Katagina to cool out, man. Stop them from sending the Motorrad squadron. Um, the rest of the League military mobilizes to try and do the same by force. Uh... Mueller Miguel. Can we just stop and discuss her name for a second? Mueller Miguel. Mueller. Mueller. Okay. Mueller. Mueller. <laughs> Mueller. Mueller Miguel. There's a lot of interesting names in this show. Yeah, I don't. I just. I kind of love it though. Her name in a weird way. <clears throat> I like. The, I like weird. that they're. They don't even fuck around with like making her and Uso have the same name. They're just like, <laughs> why would we do that? Let's come up with a whole new fucking name. Like that's way more fun. Fuck like Irwin or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Mueller and Miguel, like a secret, uh, secret agent spy, Mission Impossible, uh, badass, kidnaps Shakti out the back of the lunar, the Bespa lunar rover. Um, Katayina and her motorad captures Mueller, but not Shakti. Who is scooped up by Uso. The Motorrad Squadron, this is the hot potato, hot potato, here we go. <laughs> Motorrad Squadron is moving out in its armored tanker rover thing, whatever it's called, um, and nothing is able to really stop it uh, despite desperate, uh, desperate attacks. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. So in this episode, Oliver launches himself in a desperate attack in his V2 core fighter into this uh, battleship because uh, nothing is doing anything. And he's able to do some some damage, but not enough to really stop it. Um, totally so pointless. It that was, was so pointless. frustrating. Like, he, I know that Oliver's, like, smart, okay? He's gotten yeah. this far in life, but he's, like... He survived oh. quite a bit. And he's all he's, these guns won't stop it. So maybe if I destroy like my Subaru sized spaceship into it, <laughs> that will stop it. Like, like in my notes, I'm like, did Oliver's death accomplish anything? Like, why tragedy. would he do that? Did he Character really not want to be a father that badly? Like, no, was he, really... he wanted to be his father so badly because the last thing he says is, Margaret will bear my children. <laughs> when did they even have time to fuck? Like, in the prison camp. That was a big plot point where they're like, don't go in there. Like... Um, so, anyways, yeah. Um, Marbet, the and League Militaire and the Shrike team are left to mourn his death. 
And that is the end of the episode. But yeah, um, this was a frustrating uh, moment, uh, plot moment, because it was it accomplished nothing. It had no impact on anything, really. He didn't really have to do that. And it just it made of, no sense. It started the whole, like, Margaret X Odello X Toma... What's his name? Tomato? I always call him Tomato in my head. Tomachi or some shit like that? Uh, Tomash, I think. Tomash. 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 Yeah. But, they, but they're, like, they're, they're all ride or die together now, and they, this kind of, yeah. like, kicks off their own, like, um, like, Marb... Isn't uh, tied down to the Shrek team anymore. She's kind of like doing her thing with the cool kids. I will, I will say, as like annoying as Oliver's self-sacrifice death was, um, I cried at the end of this episode a little bit. Like, I, I like actually cried tears. Like, I thought it was Damn, really, dude. really sad. It was way, sad. Like, Mar- yeah, Marbe's reaction and like her anger. And then transitioned into pure sadness and like all of the children surrounding her. Like, like I know like it's dumb cartoon. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's how people react when like a loved one dies. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it just like they spend so much time on reactions in the show. And I think that's what it does best is like the relationship between the, these characters we care about and how they can comfort each other and their relationship to each other and these like lovely things they can do for each other. Like that's all really good stuff when they do it. Um, and they don't just spend forever shooting lasers at each other. Um, and I thought that this episode did that really well. It just, it sucked that they couldn't come up with a better way to utilize Oliver in like, you know, make his death a little bit more meaningful opposed to him just ramming himself into a wheel for no reason. I think that's just, it's just bad writing in that moment, but I don't have this note here on this episode, but I think it's on another episode, but Marbet, uh, the voice actor for her character kills it consistently. Yeah. Um, And especially in this episode, I think too, like, um it's a little bit ahead of its time this show in terms of like addressing grief um mm-hmm. and you know the children showing the adults how to process grief um in a healthy way as opposed to you know trying to lie to themselves about it yeah i think there there is a lot going on in this episode for sure um but yeah Anyways, um, another another interesting note is that Odello and Tomash went from resupplying ships in mobile suits to actually fighting in battle mm-hmm. within a matter of hours. <laughs> I'm happy for them. I'm like, I'm happy for them. I feel like they right. deserve it. Like, okay, Especially, yeah, they're moving up. They're moving yeah. up. Odello's been like doing shit work since like episode one, and he's been like there, putting his back into it, fucking working his ass off. And it's time, like, that he finally got rewarded. He's getting, like, taught a new skill. Odello yeah. just, like, left Warren in the dust, though. Like, Warren yeah. is, like, still a child. I think Warren, like, has that in him, you know? That like, I think no. that, yeah. I think Warren is, like, Warren's a musician at heart, in my Yeah, opinion. totally. Like, an artist. But, like, Warren yeah. is, like, think is writing down some really beautiful words in his journal. 
Like right. I cannot wait to read Warren's novel on Oh, Warren's gonna have like War. a whole like biography of yeah. like Uso through my eyes, like type deal. Yeah. It's oh, like, like I was it's called Warren in Peace. The other note I have is Red Bull Motorrad takeoff. Like, I feel like the Motorrad should be sponsored by Red Bull. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so fucking sick if, like, one season they're just like, fuck it, we're like sponsored by Red Bull this season. (laughs) I feel like like... all the the Motorrad pilots would have their own vlogging YouTube channels. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like on in Akira, where they has like all those like yeah. brands, just like you should put Red Bull stickers on. It would all look the so natural rats. if they just like fucking like kill one of those like little bottles inside of the suit, and they're just like, oh, I feel like <laughs> yeah. my new type abilities coming on. <laughs> Red Bull gives you new type you abilities. New <laughs> uh, let's jump into episode thirty-two. Um. Which is pressing Dagorla. Uh, Dagorla. Uh, Best forces launch an attack against the pursuing reinforced junior, led by a new prototype dragon looking ass mobile suit. Um, Worm ass looking mobile suit. <laughs> <laughs> Marbe- Marbeto san leads the defense of the reinforced and finds herself struggling with the weight of leading and teaching Odello and Tomash while still coming to grips with the death of Oliver. They are able to, ve- able to defeat the Wormass mobile suit and hold a funeral for Oliver on the reinforced deck, where they uh, release his ashes into the atmosphere. No. Release his ashes? Space. <laughs> I thought they were releasing fireflies. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to be like ashes, but I don't know. Uh, episode 32, new opening song. And I'm not going to lie to you all. Firstly, I was pressed for time to finish watching these episodes, so I didn't listen to it all but once. And then I also think this is the worst opening song that we've ever had, in my opinion. (laughs) I went through and I listened to a couple of the old ones. Like, I listened to some of the Zeta, the War in the Pocket, and Double Zeta. And all, like, I think that every single song up until this point has been insanely good. Like, 10 out of 10. Almost all of them fucking rule. And this song's just like a 7 out of 10. Like, it's just yeah. fine. It just doesn't do it's it for me. It's just fine. It's just it's not it's just, bad. It's just yeah. fine. It's the first opening song, but worse. Like, it's just, like, not even as good as Stand Up to the Victory. It's just a little bit worse than that. It's Diet is Stand Up to the Victory. And it pisses me off a little bit. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like it's so important to, you know, you, you turn on the TV, you're putting on a new episode you want to hear that banger of an opening song and this one just kind of misses so why do you uh, think they why do they why would why do they change opening songs it would be cheaper for them not to and like easier to like set expectations they just just like just in general because every season changes opening songs halfway through and i never understand like why like I mean, mm. I guess this at like Oliver's gone, so maybe the new opening doesn't include Oliver anymore because that was like too much for the animators to bear or something like that. But yeah. like, 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not well, sure it's either. It's interesting, too, that it's 32 episodes in before we get a new intro. Usually we get that around episode 25. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was also weird. Anyway, I um I usually like that they have a second opening song. Like I like that uh kind of trope of anime. Like people can be like, "What's your favorite Attack on Titan opening? Season four or season one? Or you know, like all of these kind of like fan questions. Because a lot of times anime opening songs are really good. Um, but this one's just not doing it for me. But anyway, alas. Let's let's talk about the the elephant in the room, which is worm. This, this worm mobile suit. Is this worm is this mobile suit? Is this the most outlandish design that we've ever seen in Gundam? First of all, this is piloted by this MF that looks like what happens when you like randomize a character selection screen. He looks absolutely <laughs> he looks absolutely ridiculous, and then like. Like they, he has to have a mohawk, but then he puts a fucking helmet off. Like, where did the mohawk go? I don't know. Yeah. But it was like, I don't know. Whenever I see stuff like this, it makes me wonder, like, why all of the mobile suits look humanoid. Like, they don't need to do that because mm-hmm. obviously they're okay making other mobile suits in different shapes. I guess yeah. it make it humanoid because a human is controlling it, and that like the um controls would make more sense, but. Pretty cool. I like it. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't didn't do it for me. It's taking, really? the, it's taking the bug shit too far. I wish like, Alex was here because we both play Cyber Dragon decks in Yu-Gi-Oh! And this MF, it looks exactly like a Cyber Dragon. Yeah. It, I I'm, feel I, like you could accurately describe it that way. I miss yeah. Alex. Simon, what, what kind of deck do you play? Cyber Dragon deck. Yeah, dragging these nuts on your Dude, face. Dude, shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can finally just end this podcast. That was the whole point of this. The whole time. Seasons 1 through 9 was leading up to this moment. <laughs> Got you, motherfucker. <laughs> Got you, motherfucker. Goodbye. You're not even my friends anyways. <laughs> I'm blocking your number and I'm moving <laughs> to a different city. <laughs> you don't know me. All right. No, All I, right. I, I hated the, this mobile suit so much. Uh, I thought it looked like dog shit. And it, I don't know. This is kind of funny when he like fights it, though, because he's like, it's like he's playing a video game. He's like memorizing its attack patterns. And <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> but, um, it was disturbing to look at and also just kind of pissed you off. And it just... Yeah. Uh, well, it didn't last long. No. I didn't like when I have it coiled up, too. Like, I don't know. It, like, coiled up in, like, a little disc. You wish it was just, like, erect the whole time? Like, just, like, a dart flying through space? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it um, looked... You know what it reminded me of when it was all coiled up? You know, like, um, bubble, t- bubble gum tape? Yes. Yeah, it looked exactly like that. Like, <laughs> Good call. Bubble tape, the like the bubblegum that loses its flavor the fastest. There's like an Im- there's a JPEG online of of a picture of somebody who bit into one of those like sideways oh like God. a cookie, and it's like uh. really upsetting to look at. <laughs> anyway, let's uh let's let's keep moving. Let's go into episode thirty three. Yeah. Episode thirty three: People who dwell in the sea. The reinforced junior stays in pursuit of Motorad Squadron. Um. But Vespa plans to not make it easy on them. 
They devise a plan to disable the Reinforced Junior's ability to enter Earth's atmosphere. And after an intense skirmish, uh, neither League Militaire or Bespa accomplish anything um, in terms of uh, stopping either of them. Uh, stopping either of their objectives, I should say. Uh, Katina's reentry is not the smoothest, and she is captured by some cult-looking motherfuckers. Uh, the League military, the League military team rendezvous with some fellow operatives in the undersea metropolis, and Shakti alerts Uso to a strange group of people in possession of none other than an unconscious Katina. Um, it appears uh, that Uso and the others have already fallen into a trap. Um, with the help of the underwater queen Maria Colt, uh, Katina recaptures Shakti. Lieutenant Lupo, Lupe Sinu fires wildly in a surprise attack on the reinforced junior in her, in her version of that dragon mobile suit looking motherfucking thingy. And she, uh, is sinking parts of the underwater silly. Oh my gosh, I can't speak today. Um, cut that out if you will. <laughs> Uh, and she is sinking parts of the city, killing countless victims. Meanwhile, Katina and the Queen Maria cult, uh, Spirit Shakti, um, and Carlman away in an escape submarine, leaving many survivors to drown. Um, so the hot potato continues, but it was very disturbing in this episode to see Katina just kind of, um kill hundreds of people just by firing missiles everywhere. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of other notes on this episode. My one note is no notes. I hate water levels. I don't like <laughs> water levels. I knew as soon as this episode started and it said people who dwell in the sea, that yeah. I wasn't going to like it. I don't like water it when they're underwater. Well, it finally like, happened. I like snow levels. You don't like? I kind of like the idea of underwater cities. I thought that was kind of cool. Atlantis. Yeah. Try to try try to find one for me, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole episode. It's yeah, like you said, hot potato is the perfect way to state this because it is like Shakti with one team, and then she moved over to the other, and then she's back again, and then it's it's so just I don't know, tiring. And Yo. Nobody, you know what, Carlman. That motherfucker's just along for the ride. You know what yeah. Carlman does in this episode, though? What's he do? He pisses himself. He finally <laughs> does it. When they're on the underwater elevator, no reason why they needed to do it. Well, but Carlman pisses himself, and then Shakti changes him right then and there. Well, he didn't He didn't beat those three Jump King games in time, so he had to piss himself <laughs> on stream. Yeah, Carlman's stream's really, really good. I like watching it. <laughs> he has a good Dark Souls one. <laughs> let's uh let's just keep it rolling we got a couple more episodes uh, yeah. to get to so let's uh let's talk about episode 34 operation giant roller bespa launches operation earth cleansing in preparation of <laughs> queen maria's arrival to earth real subtle <laughs> <laughs> chronicles fleet destroys a federation controlled city on the coast and the shrekatimu tries to stop the advancing forces Uso tries to stop the fleet by destroying an abandoned javelin and causing its reactor to go off, but this proves to be futile as the fleet just picks up and flies away, because apparently they can also fly and drive. Uh, Uso is unable to retrieve his mother and Shakti, and the hot potato continues, 
and he is, of course, devastated by not being able to follow them on their Vespa ship. Um, I found there was actually a pretty weird... Well, like, in this episode, we get Katina talking about, th- like, the more in-depth plan that the Zanskar people have, which is, to my understanding, to cleanse the earth of all people. um, Because in Katina's words, you cannot build something until you destroy what is there before it. Which I think we're in agreement is a pretty evil way of thinking. You're Um, the virus. But it's kind of, yeah, I don't know. It just brought up something that I feel like has come up a lot in real life um, and conversations that I've had with people about how to move forward and how to change things, which is how do you iterate on what exists in life if it's an evil uh, establishment or if it's a harmful establishment? Can you change things or do you have to destroy them to completely rebuild? Um, And I felt like that was kind of telling of the Zanskar Empire that their whole plan is just to basically wipe the earth completely clear of everything. Well, that's like literally always the easiest solution for any problem that it's like, okay, if we need to like fix a system and you have these, like if you have some stubborn people in charge, like in this Mm -hmm. case, it's like, you know, like this fascist regime like, they don't want to take the second thought to, like, think of, like, how can, like, what structures are already in place and how can I make my ideas meld with that? Like, it would be way easier if there was no ideas and we could just institute everything that we were thinking. Right. Like, that's how, like, any creative project is, too. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, working on, like, code bases a lot, too. Like, it's just way easier to, like, start from scratch. But, like, and and people love to complain about, like, existing like it's like oh this is so messy like how am i supposed to work off of this it's like okay you're just like not being creative right now and like it's just a a different type of problem solving that is much more difficult um i think but... too on that point on top of your point simon it's like mm-hmm. it's also a contest of power to to like you know in in terms of what you were saying it's easier just to remove all the people who might oppose or disagree with you and just cleanse earth so that you can do with do with it however you choose yeah um and <clears throat> that at the end of the day is the question and the fact that they use a guillotine right mm-hmm. or tactics like this to either keep people in line right and not question uh, the status quo, or to just kind of annihilate them <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, they might say that they want to cleanse the earth, but really they just want control of it. And they might exactly. believe that they want to cleanse the earth and heal it and repair it and rid, the, rid it of the scourge of humanity, but I think really they just want power over it. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It just... I don't know. I don't know how to like eloquently talk about these kind of things necessarily, but it just kind of reminded me of like a lot of what I've heard over the past, you know, few years just in like United States politics and how people think about the systems that exist and how 
like how they affect everybody's lives and how we should kind of navigate redirecting them or should we redirect them or make things better and um or are they worth redirecting right or repairing i think that there are very very few things in life that you need to completely obliterate in order to like change i like to me i think I, i deal with this problem all the time in like making things based mm-hmm. on other people's like starting um things and it's very low stakes for that right so it's like very easy for me to like kind of come to a conclusion on what i think about it like i'm not dealing with people's lives or anything so like take everything i say with a grain of salt but it's like and even when i so like whenever i see that in like u.s politics like it just like it really to me comes down to like a lack of like empathetic problem solving it's like problem Mm -hmm. solving without empathy is the easiest way to problem solve and like it frustrates me when people just want to only do easy things and they're put in these crazy positions of power in which the assumption is that they like they're they're they have a hard job and they signed up for a hard job so they shouldn't take the easy way out of it but they just but there's so many other factors depending on the issue. So like, yeah. and I, and it also, like... <clears throat> it's not taking into consideration other people who may or may not disagree with you. Like it's a very, it's a very one direction way of thinking. Whereas yeah. like you can't, you're never in this life going to be able to convince everyone to agree on the same thing. Yeah. Um, even if like, I, I think that I think about things in the right way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and try to consider the best possible outcome and how it affects people and the things that would like hurt people the least Mm -hmm. um but i don't know like um but to that point right and we'll move on this move on from this because we got to keep going but yeah yeah, yeah. uh like it's like either do you want ruptural change like immediate Mm -hmm. ruptural violent change or do you want like gradual institutional change and which do you think is the right solution and you know we're not i mean i don't know if you can say what what the correct answer is but i would like i think in my opinion in like a ruptural change situation um it's usually the rich and powerful who are able to gain the most in in those contexts so sometimes you can like while you might there might be some dramatic change happening sometimes you might take three or four steps back because you just reinforced the pre-existing stratification system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think why it came up to me is that like the way that these like evil characters are talking in this cartoon show from '90s is how I hear people that I respect and um, agree with on a lot of things kind of speak about certain things, um, and that kind of is what made me want to think about it a little bit more. Is is like what it like what necessarily does that mean in the context of our lives and um in the context of how we navigate the the changing of uh things moving forward you know in our well, lives but yeah it's very relevant right now because it's right now it's it's a question of autocracy versus democracy mm-hmm. and which ones will prevail and which you know which system is the better system and so yeah all that being uh, said, I, I don't know anything about anything, so yeah, <laughs> I no, just thought I mean, it was, it's interesting. It just made me think a little bit, and uh, I respect all of our opinions a lot, or your all's and Alex's, so it was uh, just kind of something I wanted to talk about, but 
let's let's move on to the to the other uh, episodes and, f- and finish this episode out. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. The mother of Shakti. Uh, the League military uses their prisoner of war as a way to infiltrate the Ad- Adrastria, that uh, tanker battleship looking thing, uh, to rescue Mueller, Miguel, and Shakti. Uso and Odella sneak on board and are able to rescue Shakti while Mueller is recaptured in the fray. Vespa continues its death march through North America. And the hot potato death roll. The death roll, excuse me. Uh, Mueller Miguel continues to be a complete badass in this episode. Um, but yeah, that, those are the only notes I have that, for that. I like on the last episode, like Shakti asked what was going on, and that person was like, "Listen, I can't say anything, but what did they say? They're like, let's just say we're pressing out the land." Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Yeah, like, a, like making a juice. What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? But yeah, again, hot potato. Who are we gonna rescue? Can only rescue one person. Trying to rescue people. I don't know. Odello falls in love for like 30 seconds. Oh, and then he kills her. Yeah, that was epic, right? Yeah. We're bad. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. Also, all the okay, the last thing I'll say about this is all the gunfighting in the hallways was seems unnecessarily dangerous. They were just like unloading <laughs> clips at each other, but they were like, don't hit them! Like, shoot at the feet! And they're just like... But- Fire at them anyways. Fully <laughs> automatic rifles at each other, but oh, kind man. of, kind of fucked up that uh, Uso pulls a gun on Shock. Yeah, that's what I like. <laughs> Even if you're playing pretend, Uso's like, "Fuck it," and then like the yeah. dude immediately is like, "I know who both of you are in your relationship yeah. to each other." Like, He's like, "I'm not actually going to use you as you a don't shield, think I'm crazy, but I'm going like... to use you as yeah. a shield." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't know, needs a little bit of gun safety education. <laughs> like you should never point a gun at somebody you don't intend to hurt. So pretty <laughs> fucked up. Uso. Oh my, okay, if we want to talk about firing weapons with intention, I don't think Gundam is the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this show has bad trigger discipline. <laughs> <laughs> He's like saying that in like a chat, like in Call of Duty, like, bro, my teammates have horrible trigger discipline. <laughs> I saw you shoot at me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you realize how dangerous that could be? <laughs> uh, let's uh, dive into episode 36, the last episode of the day, which is called Mother Returns to the Earth. Kind of frustrating. I, see, I feel like they spoiler the what's going to happen in the episode with the title. But yeah. Whatever. <laughs> kind of. Like, Returns the episode to, oh, I get it. <laughs> um, anyway, the league military fleet continues its pursuit of the Andresta fleet. One of the best pilots engages in battle with Uso while using his mother as a human shield. So fucking cool. Uso and the others fight desperately to free his mother when eventually another Motorad ship is knocked back, striking the mobile suit holding her and decapitating Uso's mother right in front of him. Yeah. Uso is able to retrieve the helmet containing containing his mother's severed head. Uh, Just moments after Mueller's death, the Zanskar Empire and the Earth Federation announce a ceasefire. 
another episode designed to sell toys to kids ends with the protagonist <laughs> holding his mother's, mother's decapitated head, head and that weeping. shit was so dripping raw. blood <laughs> dripping yes. blood hands up from blood on the ground to Uso holding his mother's head decapitated head in a helmet and then he hands it to Marbette and Marbette's she's like, just what like what do I want to do with this and then she's like ah what the fuck <laughs> there's a no head in here <laughs> Uh, Why, yeah. How is he not dead inside yet? So he he let out a fucking squeal when that all happened. I mean, like I'm sitting here thinking, if this happened to me, like at that point, I would just go on a suicide run, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck it. I'm like, I don't Too care. Put the white flag up. Like I can't handle. Yeah, it I would have fucked yeah. them up. I'd be like, like, who cares? I'm killing how you, many everybody. People, how many people has he watched just die? Like. I mean, I know this is like obviously this happens in war, like in real life, but like he is a child. Well, like, and these is... are all like his fr- like his friends that he, like up until this point, it seems like he was only friends with Shakti and like uh, Katahina. Like these are all mm-hmm. like Uso's new family, and they're just like dropping well and real family. They're all yeah. dropping yeah. like flies. They're all dropping like flies. So let's talk about this block of episodes. Last uh, last episode there, and then, you know, next episode of our podcast, we're going to tackle the last, like, what? We, what we got left? Like, 16 or something? No. 15? Are we just home stretching next time? That home stretching. Sense. Just yeah, go straight yeah, yeah, to the finish yeah, yeah, yeah. line. Mm-hmm. So straight we're, through. I know we kind of talked about a lot of good things and bad things about this, um, this show in this episode, so... What are your all's kind of thoughts right now with Victory Gundam, and how are you feeling about mm-hmm. it? I kind of like how so at the something we didn't mention was um, through this whole through all of these episodes, there's like this kind of like subplot about what is happening politically with both parties because both parties right now the um, the people rolling over the earth, the Bespa like just going on like a tirade, and the League military slash federation like it, it was revealed that like the federation and the league military formed an alliance and then in this episode it was revealed that there's like a ceasefire that got declared but i really like how like seeing all of this and seeing how like war hungry everyone is it has like a really good build up for me so far because like even though it is cyclical you can kind of see like it has to reach like a breaking point at some point because basically where we ended they should nobody should be fighting anyone anymore right and like Mm -hmm. if everything is to be honored but like we obviously know that's not going to happen so like i'm just excited to see uh like the like what i think is going to happen is like katayina obviously won't take stop fighting for an answer so i think she is going to like go off and like form her own little like you know like sect of whatever she's doing um so i think it has pretty good build up just because you can see all the like characters getting more and more angry slash sad and then you can also see how like the war is kind of like um drawing to a close almost you know and like that Mm -hmm. juxtaposition like something bad has to happen yeah no it really does feel like we're headed towards the the culmination of the show and i will say that i like after this block of episodes the rose-colored glasses have definitely come off Mm-hmm. Um, I think this definitely falling out of my favorite of the entire franchise category. Yeah, yeah I was uh, wondering. I I was thinking the same thing, Christian, because it wasn't my favorite, but it was up there. And now I feel like it's getting a little bit more middling. Yeah, 
Yeah, a little bit more mid lane. What could have happened to have it remain your favorite, though? Like, like, where do you... It can land it. I mean... It can still land it. It can still land it. I'm still holding out my hopes. Okay. I also... Christian, I don't think it helped that we had to digest this whole block of episodes so quickly. Yeah. That was a lot of of media consumption. Yeah, I think if we went back, I maybe would do this in 10-episode blocks and then the last one of 11 or something instead of these 12. Like, I know it doesn't seem like a lot or whatever, but... It does, yeah. In such a short span of time, it, it was it was a yeah. lot. It felt a, like ju- a little bit of a slog. Yeah, I think we just recorded like not even seven days ago, so to mm-hmm. fit all those in was a little bit of a chore. So I I wasn't following the natural progression of I want to watch these episodes, so I'll keep going, um, and more like kind of just forcing myself to get through them for the podcast because I've watched them basically in three days. Um, with only watching like one the first day, <laughs> yeah. I watched most of them today. <laughs> <laughs> I did six and six, six yesterday, yeah. six this morning. So it um, definitely felt like a lot, like a big time commitment. Yeah, that definitely doesn't help it, um, in my opinion. But all in all, like I still think it's good. It's way better than I expected it to be. But I gotta be completely honest, like. I am so ready to get to G Gundam. Like, <laughs> in, in, like in like less than a week, we can be watching G Gundam. Yeah. And I like, I just want to get there. I want to get there so Michael, bad. Michael, this is called edging, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just G Gundam. After G Gundam, we get 8th MS team and Gundam. Yeah. These are like, this so is like my about. shit. Nothing this is like, bangers. Yeah, yeah, these yeah, are yeah. the ones that I grew up on. This is like what Gundam is. And G Gundam is his own fucking. This We're is like a, a whole cleanser. Like in between wine tasting, you don't drink like Mountain Dew. You know, you drink like the blandest <laughs> thing ever. You drink like sparkling water. So, like that's yeah. what this is. That being said, I still really like it. Again, like the, a couple of those episodes ended with me feeling really emotional. I still think Uso yeah. is one of my favorite protagonists so far. I think yeah. that he's the most like grounded protagonist. He's the least annoying, in my opinion. It can be really funny, the show. I, I like the physical humor of it. Um, but yeah, the, the hot potato thing and the cyclical nature of the of the storytelling is the one thing that's really letting it down. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I think it can land it. I think that what I kind of want is I want Uso to kind of just break and fucking just start murking people Go again. Psycho. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, he's done that a couple times, but I feel like that just needs to happen. Like, I think he just needs to, like finish the story off in some sort of big way mm-hmm. he needs to uh blast lincoln park really loud in his cockpit yes. and yes. just go he's to that town just new metal face <laughs> become so numb <laughs> dun, dun. Dude, still got like really into like icp and like i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah it's a cloud blow somebody up he goes whoop whoop <laughs> Fucking Gundams, how do they work? <laughs> um, anyway, I think we should probably wrap it up there. I did have a game that we could play if we wanted to, but I think that Simon might be pressed for time. Yeah, I have to catch a bus in 12 minutes. So oh, let's uh, let's end it there, and we'll say goodnight to our listeners. We love you very much, and we'll mm-hmm. see you next week with the ending, the wrap-up, and the final episodes of No Bones More Victory Gundam, and then guess what? Things are going to get real fucked up. Yeah, so stick real with us. We'll see you next time. We love you. Bye. Bye. I hope you sleep well. Uh. <laughs>